I think men are, are really a challenging demographic when it comes to treatment and care. They don't, they don't fix something unless it's broke. And yeah. when things happen over time, you adjust, your receptors adjust. You may not even f- know what you felt like five years ago or 10 years ago. Uh, the reality is it's not that far off and you can own that journey pretty easily. Welcome to the Zero Quit Podcast, where I bring you candid conversations with elite athletes, entrepreneurs, specialists, and other creatives. I'm your host, Brock Covington, and through these dialogues, you will hear powerful stories and practical advice that will help you live a more active and intentional life. If you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. All right, guys, welcome to the Zero Quit Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Josh Whalen. He is the CEO and founder of Blokes as well as Joy, which both are telehealth services that aim at helping men and women have greater access to lab therapy treatment options to optimize their hormone health and extend their quality of life. What's going on, man? What's up, brother? Thanks for having me. Not too much. I always love to ask this question first when I see someone have the same experience I've had because I previously owned a uh, strength training facility in Virginia with my wife. And so I'd like to ask, how is the experience working with uh, your wife and owning a business together? You know, it's ups and downs like anything else. Any partner that you're going to have, whether it's your spouse or, or you know, your best friend, you're going to have some valleys and you're going to have some peaks. Yeah. We are we are very aligned on our mission and, and, and how these therapies change us because we both went through our own individual journey and we went to our through our journey as a couple. So mm-hmm. for us, it's it's not only embedded like in our DNA at this point. It, now we're on the business side of it. And the more we get involved uh, with day to day operations with patients, the more it's become like a mission to, to really elevate and change people's lives. So we're fortunate enough that it's not some weird widget that we don't believe in or some <laughs> widget that just doesn't really do much. Yeah. Um, we, we, we literally see people change lives on, on the man's side and the women's side. Um, and uh, it, it's a big motivating factor, but you know, like everything else, we, we, we have our, we have our moments. The hardest part is when, when we're, when we're in that Valley and getting space, but, we 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 get we have it so it's all good man yeah i feel like it's always a balance of trying to make sure that even though you guys will see each other at work or you guys might work from home at least a bit is making sure you still have kind of separate time away because you know most people who don't work with their spouse they see each other in the morning the evenings but when it's you know every day all day uh it's just about finding that balance right but you referenced a really good point about making sure you're a user of the product. And I think it's a lot easier to create a business, a service, a product when you're, you know, not only stand behind it and believe it, but use it yourself. So maybe this might be a good way to kind of get into the origin story of blokes, your story and why, you know, you wanted to start the company in the first place. Yeah. So I'll give you a little bit of background. I've been in healthcare for 15 years. I got my start with a med device company called Stryker. Mm-hmm. I was in their interventional spine division, their instruments division. And uh, I, I was with them for like five years. And then I left and became an entrepreneur in healthcare. And I've done everything from regenerative medicine to owning and operating compounding pharmacies and labs um, to, you know, med devices. And this, this venture has been really near and dear to me. I've always kind of had widgets and I've never been super passionate about, you know, an implant. How can you be, you know, mm-hmm. super passionate about something like that? Where this was like, you know, I'm like the my pillow founder story. You know, not yeah. <laughs> only am I a user, I'm a creator, and, and 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 I preach on this stuff. But this one was near and dear because I was on the other end of, 
years of eating like shit and partying and also having some some legit trauma in our life from a physical and emotional standpoint. My wife and I went through four miscarriages and we ended up having two kids naturally, which was a blessing. Uh, but through all that, I, it, it made for this cocktail of, of disaster uh, of my hormones just tanking. Mm -hmm. And I'm probably like many guys that, that are listening. I went through a typical process, a typical healthcare process. And I went and saw my primary care doc, went and saw another one and got two pretty similar opinions, but I got no action items. And I came home and I told my wife, here's what happened. Here's where we're at. And uh, she's like, no, that's bullshit. Your sex drive sucks. <laughs> Physically, you've changed. Mentally, you've changed. I was drinking 12 cups of coffee to get through the day. Yeah. And then just by sheer luck, I was talking with my, my brother-in-law and my sister. And I said, hey, you know, here's where we're at in our marriage. My wife's ready to divorce me. I said, hey, go see this guy in Golden, Colorado. His name is Paul Battle. He's a PA. And uh, he got me set up. He, he looked at my labs differently. He looked at them in optimal ranges, not just ranges. He looked at testosterone differently in terms of, you know, replacing what we think should be there. Mm -hmm. And then he introduced me to these world of peptides. And I got on it as a patient at first. And I really wasn't even thinking about the business side of it. And uh, once it once the therapies kicked in, I was like, oh, my God, this is a light bulb moment. Why are why are more guys not being mm -hmm. offered these type of services? And then the entrepreneur in me over time just, you know, kind of said, hey, you know, why don't we do something about this? And that's really why we started Blokes. It was it was something that saved my marriage, probably saved me from having a heart attack. I'm 41 by the time mm -hmm. I was 50. Um, got me back into the gym, got me lifting weights like I used to. And, and now it's like, it's part of my DNA to really change lives and elevate them. I feel like over the past decade, maybe it's a little bit more recent than that, a lot more men are turning towards TRT and there's a lot more of these clinics popping up and health and wellness clinics and men's clinics and all of this uh, stuff and this whole industry, I feel like is starting to kind of boom and flourish. What do you think was like the the reason why this wasn't more talked about or accessible in the past, was it primarily because testosterone was looked at something that either, you know, declined and there was nothing we could do about it, or testosterone was only something that, you know, people use from a performance enhancing standpoint or bodybuilding kind of standpoint? What do you think was the cause for that? Well, I think it's, I think it's, there's a few different angles here. One is the fact that we have such a rapidly declining epidemic of testosterone levels in yeah. men and women. And, and I think, you know, if you look back 20, 30, 50 years ago, guys' testosterone levels were drastically higher. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of the equation. I think it's, you know, I think there's so many factors into why that happened and we can get into that. But then I, I think, you know, any good thing that, that, that is happening, you know, spreads pretty quickly from word of mouth. And I, mm -hmm. and I think it's, you know, now it's becoming less like, you know, fringe medicine and, and it's, you know, it should have been used many years ago yeah. um, because we know the benefits that it has for the human body, not just men, but women. Mm -hmm. um, and, and obviously there's a business side of it to be, you know, from a business side, it's really interesting. Testosterone is our least profitable product. It really is. But from a therapeutic standpoint, it's probably one of the, the best therapies we have with the most upside. And, and least amount of downside when you're doing it with clinical labs and you're doing mm -hmm. it under clinical supervision. So I think it's a multi-factored approach, but um, 
Yeah, I think I think it I think it's it's here to stay, man. I think it's going to be here, you know, for a long time. And the way we look at testosterone is obviously it can be used as a performance enhancing uh, mechanism, especially mm-hmm. with athletes who go through testing. But this is a hormone. That's all yeah. it is. And and yeah. all we're doing is trying to elevate that hormone to an optimal state. Mm-hmm. Before we dig into the whole can of worms that is testosterone, because I have a bunch of questions with that, uh, I'd love to kind of just talk briefly about, I feel like the issue that most men, uh, you know, who don't see basically a primary care frequently or don't get blood work done, don't check on their health too often. And um, I, I can kind of reference a little bit uh, that I went through blokes pretty recently on my own uh, voluntary way to kind of just check out and get a baseline for my blood work. I don't have any issues uh, that I was, you know, would be aware of no kind of symptoms of low T or anything like that. But I was pretty curious just to get, you know, a baseline, see where I'm at. Sometimes you feel great and you look at, you know, the actual you know, blood work and the, the stats behind the, uh, the screen and you start to notice, you know, some markers that you might want to look at. And one thing I did like specifically when I was looking to get blood work done, whether it was through your company or I was looking around is the fact that you guys not only make it pretty, pretty easy and, and modernized in the way that the website looks and the way that you get the results and so forth, but more so even price wise, like going through LabCorp to get my blood work done uh, to get the same amount of markers. If not, I think you guys offered even more uh, markers to test. It was like double the price, but going through you guys, I could do it and, and it what seemed to be a much more simplified way and a more affordable price. So what, what I, I, that's kind of a lot I'm throwing at you, but yeah. what are your perspective on that whole, how the process has been and kind of why men are so adverse to getting this stuff looked at? Well, let, let's talk about the, the business side of it and yeah. because I think it's a very important topic. So we are literally renegotiating our contracts with a company called Quest, National Lab. Mm-hmm. And there's basically two big ones, LabCorp and Quest. We had pricing that was offered to us as a clinic that was, call it sub-average pricing. It wasn't phenomenal, but we just recently compared those rates with our now new rates, mm-hmm. and it was over a 1,000% markup. And we are basically looked at as a wholesale vendor. So to your point on labs being super expensive, it's it's outrageous. It can be done very, very simply, it can be done very efficiently. Mm-hmm. For us, our volume has grown so much. So we're able to extend very, very competitive pricing to the consumer. And that's always been our goal. It's always been our goal to give you the tools and the resources to get more complete lab draws, not onesies and twosies at a time yeah. and get really, I mean, honestly, um, you know, taken advantage of. Um, and, and, and a lot of times we see guys and gals going into their primary care docs and spending more through insurance than what they're spending with us. So our goal has always been to bring lab cost testing down to enough of a, of a, of a uh, meat on the bone where we can make a little bit of money. You can get the proper testing done um, to, to, to really, you know, give you the tools to succeed, to succeed. Um, your other question, um, I think it was remind me it's basically why why men are more adverse to really checking up on their health whether it is consistently seeing a primary care or getting blood work done they kind of just feel like well i feel good enough you know yeah i've been intrigued by this i i think there's um 
I think there's some physical pieces and I think there's some psychological pieces. Mm -hmm. And there's no, there's no perfect study, but we have enough studies that we can put together. Um, physically, it's a pain in the butt. Like, yeah. think about scheduling an appointment with your primary care doc. That was my uh, conniption. Was just yeah. you know, sometimes, especially once you get used to working from home, you don't want to have to drive out the way, schedule it, get it done, sit in the waiting room. It's a whole process, you know. Totally. And think about anything in life. Anytime there's friction. I mean, think about dating somebody, you know, yeah. <laughs> anytime that there's friction in a relationship, you're going to go the opposite route. And the, the reality is life is about a lot of choices and a lot of path of least resistance. And, and when you're going to an, a brick and mortar clinic that doesn't, you know, maybe have as straightforward or transparent of a process, there's just mm -hmm. friction. I've been a patient my whole life. We've all been patients. We've all done that. I, I mean, I, my process was as a patient, I, I, it was, it was, it was stale. It was boring. It was hard. And, and, and then, you know, you got to look at the physical side of sometimes you get there and you're not even get what, what you want as a patient. Yeah, I right. can't tell you how many guys I've talked to in the last six months who said, I went to my doctor, I'm 41 years old, I'm 45 years old, and I asked him to run my testosterone markers. I've asked him to run my total T and my free T, mm -hmm. and he argues with me. He says, well, you don't have any symptoms, and you know, I don't think you should do it. And it's like, well, I just wanna know. I want that baseline. Mm -hmm. then, the, then the other side of it, which is really interesting, is the, the psychological aspect of it. I think men, are, are really a challenging demographic when it comes to treatment and care. They don't, they don't fix something unless it's broke. And yeah. when things happen over time, you adjust, your receptors adjust. You may not even know what you felt like five years ago or 10 years ago. Uh, the reality is it's not that far off and you can own that journey pretty easily. And that's what we try to do. We try to make it as simple and as straightforward as, uh, as possible. I mean, we've kind of developed the, the, uh, the mantra that Southwest has price transparency. Like mm -hmm. we, you, 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 if you want it, come get it. We're going to help you and we're going to empower you in that journey. Yeah. That's what I liked the most was just the simplicity of the process compared to, you know, looking at all that. Cause another aspect to think about too, is a lot of the discomfort that people get at specifically like hospitals, right? Like just driving up to that and being in there and sitting in a waiting room, you're typically surrounded by, you know, people that are either ill or a little bit older, and you just get this, I don't know, this irkier feeling. And so you just kind of want to get in and get out. And the process was pretty simple on my end, which, you know, I'm glad you guys made it that way where it was, like you said, very clear, the pricing's online, you know exactly what you're getting, you add in a free consult as well to go over uh, with a professional after you get your uh, test results back. You pay for it, you get your slip, you go to a local lab, um, you know, you wait a few days to get the results. It's pretty straightforward, which is, again, like you mentioned, simplicity is going to be the best way to get people on board with checking on their health and, and using your product or service. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, totally, man. And and we we believe into our core um, the, the saying of test, don't guess. Like we really, really do. And uh, if, if, if we're empowering you, if we're, if we're being a, a catalyst to, to help you just get better, then we're doing our job. Mm -hmm. So I want to get into the whole thing of testosterone now. And I think the best way to kick things off would be to discuss, you know, what are those primary causes of low T? Obviously, age is one. But as you referenced, 
testosterone overall over the past decades has just been declining. And I think some of the reasons that we're somewhat familiar with or starting to get familiar with are these microplastics and our diet and our exercise and even, you know, chemicals that are coming into our foods and uh, all these different factors. So, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? And what, what are you seeing most, uh, most of the time? Yeah, there, there's so many factors right now that are working against us. You know, there, there's, there's things we can control. There's things we can't control such as things in our environment, our pollutants. I mean, I was just traveling recently and we know for a fact that plastics play a, a, a detrimental role in, in optimal hormone levels. Mm -hmm. I, it's, it's almost impossible to travel without, you know, having some type of plastic in your life. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you look at just, you know, our day-to-day -day habits, like how much are you wrapping things in plastic? So those are, those are some things um, I think you know, the fact that we're just not working as well, you know, physically as men, that plays a role. Are we working out as much as we used to? Most guys are not. I mean, most guys are gaming and doing stuff like that, smoking pot. Those are mm -hmm. all determinants of, of, of where your, your levels are gonna, gonna live. Um, but, you know, I think there's, there's easy ways to address it by just eating healthier, um, focusing on, you know, whole foods, making sure you have a protein uh, first diet, making sure that when you're when you're working out, you're actually lifting weights. Most guys just are not doing that anymore. Um, and, and it's so good for, for testosterone levels. Yeah, since you referenced it, there are a lot of ways that we can start to take control back of our health and kind of boost that uh, testosterone back to a healthy level naturally. You referenced exercise, you referenced diet. Um, I think sleep is, or well, sleep and stress is another thing I forgot to mention that we could touch on. Uh, but what are your thoughts too with, you know, before, let's say we go through a, a prescription of, of TRT and that hormone replacement, you know, what are the impacts or do you guys ever kind of look towards with a patient something like some of these natural uh, supplements that are coming out like Tonga or Tonkat Ali, these different ingredients? Do you ever look at those as well? Yeah, I, I so, you, you know, believe it or not, we have a lot of guys coming to us thinking they are candidates for testosterone and they're not. Um, so a lot of times we, we resort back to natural ways to boost testosterone levels. And you nailed it before, before we, you got into this. Managing your stress, managing your sleep are two of the most important things you can do to have optimal testosterone levels. So a lot of times we come, guys come to us and, and the first two questions we ask them is, tell us about your day-to-day -day stress habits and tell us, a, tell us about your sleeping mm -hmm. habits. Are you getting seven, eight hours of sleep every day? How is that sleep? Tell me about your career. Tell me about your profession. Tell me about your personal life. Let's see. Let's talk about your cortisol levels because those are absolute mm -hmm. determining factors and optimal testosterone levels. To your point on supplements, we are consistently recommending supplements. We don't even have supplements, but it is absolutely part of our arsenal. Um, you know, whether it's ashwagandha, whether it's Tongata Lee, whether it's zinc, vitamin D. Uh, Fidogia agrestis, those are all things that, that we know can boost testosterone levels. Sometimes we get guys who are, you know, lower T candidates where it's only going to move the needle so much and they might need that jump start. And we can recommend things that mm -hmm. like Clomid or Enclomiphene, and then obviously mm -hmm. testosterone to really jump start their testosterone levels. How often, because a lot of my background, it's been like six years, especially with owning a gym as well in the kind of bodybuilding uh, realm of the fitness space. How often do you see 
uh, athletes come in that have been taking a you know testosterone from some obscure source and they're now looking to transition to a pharmaceutical grade of testosterone say that one more time so like a testosterone that's like black market yeah yeah that they're getting black market whether it's in the country or out of the country taking that yeah. and now they're looking to get an actual more legitimate safe source yeah we we've had our fair share of those patients and um you know I will tell you there there's I have a I have a handful of stories on those exact things. Here's what we see most often when they switch to us, they get a much different clinical benefit. They are getting a much bigger boost than what they thought. Even though they thought they were taking more of say a milligram dose or maybe something that we don't even offer. Um, because there's a lot of things that, that we just won't prescribe legally, um, or we don't even have access to that they're getting from China, Russia, or whom, wherever, Mexico. Um, the other, the other set of cus mm -hmm. customers that we see a lot of times are getting like massive amounts of irritation or getting massive sores or welts or bruises from this stuff. We've even had guys, you know, test it and there's literally no testosterone. So you're running into potency issues. I think there's a, a there's there's just a far mm -hmm. different um, approach when you're when you're getting a pharmaceutical grade testosterone sipinate that we know is tested for potency, tested for pollutants, tested for, you know, mold mm -hmm. and toxicity issues. Uh, you're getting a very clean version of it. So um you know, a lot of times we, we get guys in and, and we end up saving them money because they're getting, you know, these crazy, you know, forms of testosterone from Joey at the gym that's selling <laughs> it in the back of his trunk yeah. and not even getting the real results. And you got to understand, too, like there's a diminishing return on on too much testosterone. And, and, and what I mean by yeah. that is you're running a lot more, uh, you know, you're, you're running into more issues than you can probably imagine with heart issues, cancers, autoimmune mm -hmm. issues, because you have a, a physiologically high level of testosterone. Yeah, I had a friend of mine that was taking for a while non-pharmaceutical grade for years, and he would kind of tell me that, well, one, he was primarily doing it uh, because he hadn't been prescribed you know, before that, but also because it was far cheaper. And that kind of ties back to hopefully, hopefully over time, companies like yours can make this not only accessible, but also more affordable. Uh, but he would tell me, as you're, as you're pointing out, a lot of times these things aren't, uh, they're not only the, the same quality, but they're diluted and so forth. And you're not always getting what you're paying for. And sometimes he'd have a batch where he just kind of feels a little bit, you know, down a little bit weaker. And it's because it's not the, you know, the actual dose that he thinks he's taking. And then other times, you know, it'd feel great. So it is important to, if you are in that position, uh, or you're looking to start taking testosterone, I think that the safest and smartest strategy would be to actually go through uh, pharmaceutical grade rather than going down the uh, the rabbit hole of black market. Yeah, here, here's what I will tell you um, is, is number one, there's a massive difference in getting testosterone from a pharmacy here in the United States or a compounding pharmacy here in the United States. Um, there's a massive difference in having this done under medical supervision yeah. and, and, and certainly incorporating labs. Labs are so detrimental to, to your long-term health, mm -hmm. your health span when you're taking testosterone. I mean, we're looking at labs beyond just testosterone and that's extremely important. So if you're getting this stuff on the black market, that's not happening. You can't guarantee any of that. 
Um, and, you know, last and certainly not least, if, if a guy truly thinks he's a, a candidate for testosterone, find a doctor, find a nurse practitioner, find a PA that specializes in hormone replacement. Don't go to your standard doctor. It's become so specialized uh, because those, those type of uh, individuals, they're likely not practicing in terms of how we practice in optimization. Yeah. And it's very, very important because I can't tell you how many times we're cleaning up you know, patients from other physicians who, you know, take, take for example, primary care docs who got guys on uh, testosterone who haven't analyzed their labs in a year, maybe mm -hmm. even longer. Uh, to me, that's, that's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is important to make sure you're checking that on a pretty frequent basis. Would you say that you, you advise that people check that quarterly or what does that kind of timeline look like? Yeah, I mean, anybody that's on, most of the time, any, any time that somebody's on therapies with us, we're, mm -hmm. we're advising quarterly checkups. Okay. Uh, that will include your labs and a lot can fluctuate. I mean, we're, we're looking at uh, PSA levels. We're obviously looking at your testosterone. We're looking at your mm -hmm. free. Um, we're also going to be, um, you know, looking at your estrogen levels. Are those creeping up? Where are those at? You want to have a healthy range of est estrogen. You don't want it to be too low. You don't want it to be too high because then you can start having symptoms creep in. And then last and certainly not least, we want to look at the viscosity of your blood. That's what I was so, about to ask about. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, listen, man, I'm, I'm one of those guys that just, uh, my blood gets thicker when mm -hmm. I'm on testosterone and I genuinely feel it. And I genuinely feel it when I'm at high altitudes. Oh, yeah. And it makes me sluggish. It makes me, uh, my sleep is more poor. I, I, I find myself to be a little bit more erratic mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and less patient. The other thing that uh, happens physically, my, my skin complexion changes a little bit. I get a little bit more of mm -hmm. this red tone. You know, when I'm working out, I get tired quicker. So basically what that what that tells us, you know, outside the symptoms, if we're looking at your hematocrit, we can easily course correct that. You can easily do a thera therapeutic phlebotomy, basically dumping blood, mm -hmm. go donate a pint of blood, uh, and you're right back to normal. I do this any time from, you know, every four to six months, depending on my symptoms. Yeah, I was going to say, I, my buddy of mine, other people I know as well that have taken testosterone, it's pretty common in like the bodybuilding industry to just yeah, make sure you're donating blood like twice a year. It's a good way to just, yeah, curb, curb that. One question I do have about uh, hormone replacement therapy, uh, specifically with TAS, is the idea that uh, I imagine once you begin this process, you're on it for life, primarily because at least that's been the kind of perspective or attitude uh, coming from the bodybuilding side of things or athletic side of things, because obviously you're trying to supplement and, and, and bring up natural levels that are lower. And then your body is kind of, it, it's not like you're kickstarting too much of your natural uh, creation, right? And so yep. is that accurate that kind of once you're on it, you're on it for life? The, the, it's it's not much. accurate, okay. um, but 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 I'll, but I'll tell you where it is accurate. Okay. Um, so so first and foremost, there's a, there's a bunch of things we look at before we put a guy on testosterone. One is age, and mm -hmm. and the other is symptoms, and then two, their levels. Do those all correlate? Um, you know, there there are plenty of ways clinically in a medical uh, standpoint that we can we can jumpstart your testosterone levels without TRT. Mm -hmm. Okay, so those are 
There's, there's therapies like HCG, there's therapies like Clomid and Clomiphene. And what we'll do is we'll look at, is your testes still producing a healthy amount of testosterone, but it's not at the optimal range. Okay. So we can basically jumpstart that. Now, to your, to your original question, if I'm on TRT, do I have to be on it the rest of my life? The answer is no, but it's your choice. Yeah. So let's just take a guy like me who was in the low 200s. I was never getting to an optimal state, say somewhere between 700 and 1200 um, naturally. It just mm -hmm. wasn't going to happen. So I needed to jumpstart that. TRT did that in a massive way. I float somewhere between 900 and 1200 uh, nanograms per deciliter every time I test. It's pretty consistent. Now, the the, the biggest misconception is that your body will stop producing testosterone when you get off of it. Your body, when you get off it, will adjust. Mm -hmm. You just got to manage that adjustment in that downward uh, yeah. spiral. So for me, it's a choice. Mm -hmm. I can get off it at any point. My body's going to start producing testosterone when I get back on it. But the likelihood of it getting back to the 900 to, to 1200 level. range yeah. is almost zero. Yeah, it's, it's almost zero. It's kind of like, um, why wouldn't you kind of stay on if you are trying to, again, maintain that quality of life and so forth? And maybe you can kind of explain a little bit because I've, I'm familiar with Clomid because I've heard that used typically as a, as a PCT after uh, athletes cycling with testosterone. But I'm curious to see, you know, primarily using that instead of uh, trying to make up for uh, that process, using it kind of solo, how that kind of kickstarts and how that works. Yeah. So um, first and foremost, it was it was not originally designed for boosting male testosterone. It's it's kind of like Viagra and Cialis. Like it yeah. was never designed for uh, erections. It was designed for heart disease. So it was it was designed for women's fertility, and then they were doing giving it to men to help them be more fertile as well. Mm -hmm. What they realized is it was just naturally boosting testosterone levels. So mm -hmm. clomiphene is is the FDA approved version of it. Uh, it's used off-label to do that. And when we look at that, we look at a couple things. Age, uh, we look at your luteinizing hormone, your LH, to see if your testes are still producing. Because if that's shut down, then replacement's usually yeah. the only option regardless of your age. Um, so, you know, the health of the patient is always looked at there. And then there's this new thing that's been around for a little bit that's under some FDA scrutiny called enclomiphene. It's the isolated version of clomid. Um, that is has been really really effective. So we know that that these two um, clinically can boost testosterone from 100 to 250 percent. And I got to tell you, it's they they've been they've been a breath of fresh air, especially for guys say 50 years or younger mm -hmm. that still have a luteinizing hormone that is you know sufficient to then basically turn it back on because we've seen firsthand. Uh, you know, in our clinic, guys' testosterone levels go from 300 to 800, you know, 300 to 900, 1200, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and it works really, really well with the right patients. So I'm sure it varies from case to case, but what does that process look like as far as how long are they taking this before they see those results and can wean themselves off of it? Yeah, I mean, it's every guy is different. Um, yeah. we, we tell most guys with, with, on any therapy, at least give it no less than three months, but usually six months because that's where that that 
-hmm. It really takes its course and it's really effective. Um, but you know, most guys will start feeling something after 30 days, 60 days, they'll start feeling their body changing. They'll start feeling something mentally. Uh, but really to achieve that optimal state, you're looking at probably no less than three months up to six months. Gotcha. To wrap things up on testosterone, you mentioned the importance of testosterone for women. Could you mm -hmm. speak a little bit on, you know, what kind of markers are, or are they experiencing the same symptoms that signify that? And how does testosterone work? Uh, in their bodies different from ours. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's very similar. Uh, and and other than the 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 erection side of things, yeah. and <laughs> and you know, really, it's 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 damn near the same. Um, it's great for for strong bones for women. It's great for strong bones for men. It's mm -hmm. great for muscle uh, building uh, for men. It's great for muscle building in women. It's amazing for energy mm -hmm. uh, in both sexes. It's amazing for libido. Um, I would say that probably the, the most common issue that we get with women, there's probably three of them. I've lost my sex drive. That's, mm -hmm. that's easy. It's great for libido. Uh, I feel fatigued. I have mom brain all the time. Um, so those are, those are the, the, the three things that we get most often. And right now there's a massive, massive push in, in female hormones, i.e. menopause or perimenopause. Mm -hmm. And what most women don't realize is that they should have more testosterone than they do estrogen mm -hmm. by the standards. And, and, uh, you know, typically women do, but we're finding more and more women that are coming to us with, with the same issues um that are easy to treat and feeling really good now here's the difference if a male is somewhere between eight eight hundred to twelve hundred nanograms per deciliter in that optimal state and, and this this number varies and everybody's different but you know we find women are probably somewhere around that hundred to two hundred nanograms per deciliter so they need less of it but they certainly need it now the one caveat that i will say about testosterone for women that is honestly, it's kind of bullshit, is there's no clinical indication for women and energy and performance. There's no clinical indication for women in testosterone, period. So what that means is there's no FDA approved version for women in testosterone. Wow. Um, and uh, and, and my, my, my thought process is because testosterone is so massively produced, uh -huh. there's no money in it for big pharma to, to, to study it. There's zero reason to do it. Yeah, it's definitely a... <laughs> A hormone that's tied to or and idealized as just a male hormone, but obviously it's extremely important for for both sexes in that way. One question I have with blokes is uh, because I, I'm younger, 23 years old, and yet I still thought it was kind of important to get a look at blood work. Obviously, it seems to be a very important you know process to go through if you are experiencing certain symptoms or as you're getting older. But would you advocate and and I guess, what are the cases where people, you know, men and women under 30 should start to kind of look at this? Is there utility for using blokes in those cases? Uh, yeah, 100%. I, I, I think there's, there's, there's a handful of reasons. Uh, one is, you know, you, you should have a, a baseline of labs as you age, period. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. how old you are. You should, you should be able to look at markers from one year to another, see how they change. And then you can look at symptomatically, is my body changing? Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? And then you can maybe look back to those labs. The other piece is preventative and proactive care. Yeah, you, exactly. you now have the, you, you, you have the right as a consumer to own that journey and you should take it. And I can't tell you how many times we have had patients come to us and we have literally spotted or pointed out things before it became 
you know, a mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think those are the most primary reasons. Um, if you're training, it's it's even better because you can tweak things. Um, the the benefit of our labs that that I see is we can take those labs and we can put them in the layman's terms to help you, you know, better set your diet, better set your mm-hmm. nutrition, maybe make better decisions on your supplements. One of the things that I, I, I argue and I tell patients all the time is why take supplements that your body doesn't need? Mm-hmm. You know, if symptomatically, if you feel it, that's great. But why, if you're, if you're low in gas, you put gas in the car. If you're low in vitamin D, you should be supplementing with vitamin D. And the same with so many different things. And labs can tell you that. Yeah, I think it's as simple as you don't know what you don't know. And if you're not checking that and doing that preventative care, you're not really sure. And it reminded me one question I want to ask about this idea of extending quality of life, because I think for so long, as we mentioned, you know, people weren't really looking to optimize their hormone health or paying attention to that. And a lot of times, uh, you know, as we age or our parents age, you know, people kind of get to their 50s and 60s and say, well, this is just how I should feel at this age or, oh, I'm gaining weight because I'm, I'm old or my metabolism slower. And I've talked to this with uh, nutritionists as well, where it's, you know, one, taking care of yourself earlier obviously helps that. But two, just because you're 50 or 60 doesn't mean you have to, you know, be exhausted or tired and that you should just kind of accept the situation of your life. There are different uh, avenues that you can improve your quality of life and happiness and, and all these things and kind of extend, uh, yeah, simply extend that quality of life into your 50s, 60s, potentially 70s and so forth. I Listen, man, age to me is a number. It doesn't mean you have to feel like shit. And, yeah. and it doesn't It doesn't mean you, you, you have to um, age, you know, in, in physical distress. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I admire, you know, people who are in their 50s and 60s and, and, and still work out and charge and, um, you know, for me, um, it was a light bulb moment. I have a five-year-old and I have a two-year-old. I'm 41 years old. Like, you know, when I'm 60 years old, they're still going to have a lot of life to live. I should, by theory, have a lot to life to live. So if you're incorporating labs and if you're incorporating, you know, therapies when, when, it's the, when the timing is right, there's no doubt you're going to ex- extend your shelf life. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt you're going to have a greater health span. You're going to have a greater lifespan. Um, and, and sometimes it's not about the scientific side. It's just about, you know, being there for your family. Mm-hmm. One thing that I've seen as a, as a more common therapy and treatment over the past few years is peptides. And I've seen them primarily used for recovery, but I wanted to see if you could explain a what what they are and how they work, and b are they just for recovery, or it sounds like they can be utilized for other purposes as well. Yep, uh, all of the above. So peptides are short chains of amino acids. We uh, we know we have somewhere around seven thousand peptides flowing through our body naturally, like everything in our body as we age, they age as well. Um, one one thing that I think you know, level sets when it comes to a peptide is people don't realize insulin is a peptide. It's the world's, you know, far most consumed and manufactured Mm -hmm. peptide. When it's in the body, uh, it's a hormone, but when you take it exogenously, it becomes a peptide. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, they're the stepping stones for proteins. So very, very amazing things when you're done, when it's done under clinical supervision. We have about I think around 70 FDA approved peptides. There's more that are compounded in pharmacies, uh, but they, they can be used for a lot of things. And, and when, I, when I talk about 
testosterone as a hormone, I think it does a lot of things well. It really improves the overall body. When I talk about peptides, they focus on specific actions, specific events, um, you know, such as weight loss, such as hair, such as sexual uh, functions, such as growth hormone, uh, such as healing, uh, whether it's a gut or inflammation. Peptides are short chains of amino acids that focus on specific functionality. Gotcha. I was going to say it sounds like more specified results rather than more of like a uh, a whole outlook with uh, the testosterone replacement. One uh, thing I wanted to ask too, because I think our a buddy Eric has talked about it before, is NAD. Could you explain mm -hmm. what that is and how that works? Yeah, I mean, NAD is another thing that's been around for a long time. NAD is something that's functioning in our body as we speak. Mm -hmm. um, it's It's something that changes over time, just like our hormones, just like peptides. Um, and, you know, originally it was around to help uh, people who suffered from, you know, substance abuse to get clean. Um, and, you know, the way I, I kind of look at it is, it, is it, you know, your, your body is lacking it as you age and we're just replenishing it or giving it more of that. And it's really, you know, the easiest way to put it is it really cleans up your cells, mm -hmm. um, you know, whether, whether, you know, just just overall cells, whether it's, you know, antioxidants, brain function, um, it gives you a nice little boost. It's 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 something I take on a regular basis, uh, at least once a week. Is it I an get injection? A really, it, yes, um, it can be done in many different ways. So okay. you can do it intravenously, um, which is a longer session, anywhere from, you know, an hour to two hours, depending on your tolerance, because when you push it, you actually feel it. It mm -hmm. kind of takes your breath away. Um, you can do a lot more in one setting if you're doing it intravenously, maybe up to a thousand milligrams. Um, on the other side, there there's injections where there's subcutaneous or intramuscular. Mm -hmm. You know, you can do anywhere from 50 to 300 milligrams at once, depending on your level of tolerance. Uh, and then a lot of people are starting to do this with a nasal yeah. Uh, intranasally, I, I gotta tell you, I haven't, I haven't felt the relief there, but I, if I'm going to do NAD, it's intravenously or, you know, subcutaneously typically. Okay. To wrap things up, I want to talk about some of the kind of future innovations and, and strategies you've been moving with blokes. So one thing I saw recently that I think you and Eric posted together about was these functional health reports. Could you explain what those yeah. are? Yeah. So, um, one of the, I think the, the biggest struggles with labs is the understanding of them. Whether it's whether it's on a very in-depth scientific clinical route or whether it's just in layman's terms, like to me as a patient, if if you you know, and I I can just talk to this because I went through it. If you gave me my lab printout from LabCorp Quest, it's chop suey, man. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You can go over it with me, and I still don't know what I'm talking about. So, you know, one of the things that we did is we we've created these functional health reports that take every biomarker. And it tells you exactly what those biomarkers are about, where those levels should be, whether you're sufficient, deficient, optimal, et cetera. Uh, and it breaks it down in layman's terms. And if you're if you really, really want to get in the weeds, it can break it down in more scientific terms. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's just a, a, a way for us to extend better knowledge on your actual biomarkers. The nice thing is um, it can come with a report that takes those biomarkers and it recommends supplements based off of those biomarkers. So it gives you a gotcha. really scientific approach into, you know, what you need to be doing on a daily basis. Yeah, simplicity is the name of the game, right? One other yeah, thing, I, <laughs> go ahead. 
No, we're really excited because we're, we're in the process of, of designing our own supplements. Yeah. Uh, we're in the process of designing our own supplements based off those biomarkers. Uh-huh. We're in the process of making pill packs. So it's really easy for Brock to say, here are my five or seven supplements that I'm taking for one reason, because mm-hmm. my biomarkers tell me to. Yeah. Um, and, and the beautiful thing about that is you're going to see those biomarkers if you're taking them on a consecutive basis change and move over time. And then hopefully you feel it symptomatically. Yeah. So you mentioned the supplements because I also saw that was a coming soon item on the website as well. Another item I wanted to ask about that I don't know how much you can speak on is the at-home testing. What would that be for and how would that work? Because um, I imagine, yeah, I, actually, I, I don't know what to imagine. How, how would that work and what is your goal with that whole process? Yeah, so, so we have, we have a, a couple ways to test a patient. Um, one is it's called a phlebotomy draw. So, so we're, we're puncturing the actual vein itself. Um, that's probably the most common way if you bend to a doctor's office, that's how it's going to happen. We can actually send nurses and phlebotomists to your house depending gotcha. so on where you it live. It wouldn't be me doing it. Some A uh, practitioner would come. Well, no. The, and, and then we have the third that is it, we've been we've been very hesitant to roll out, but we are rolling it out is actually at home draws yourself. Okay. Now, the difference is it's not going to be a venous puncture. It's going to be a finger prick. So uh, okay. you take gotcha. a small lancet, you, you take some drops on your actual blood sink card, you send it in. So it's a great way to give access to people who are busy, who are maybe in areas that they don't want to go to, you know, a nurse or phlebotomist or a doctor. Um, the, there, there's some limitations. The limitations are more in maybe you're giving up a little bit of accuracy, but it gives you a really good baseline. Okay. Secondly, um, you can't test as much, you know, you're just not getting enough blood to be able to test as much. And then there's some markers. There's some things that you're just not going to be able to test for because it requires a centrifuge requires, you know, maybe that the, the specimen is, is refrigerated or frozen. So there's some limitations, but we can test a lot with it and accurately. Gotcha. Yeah. That's what I figured out. I figured it would have, an issue with, you know, or at least a little bit of sacrifice with the accuracy and then also how many marks you can test for. So where can people yep. find blokes? Where can people find you? Ask you questions if they have any. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, I try to make myself available to all our patients. My email is josh at blokes.co. And then where, where most of our, our fun is happening is on Instagram in terms of community updates and events mm-hmm. and, um, you know, product innovation or advancement. And, and that's at get blokes. So at mm-hmm. G E T B L O K E S super simple. Um, you know, that, that channel is growing for us. And then our website's simple blokes.co. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. If people have any questions, Thanks, be sure brother. to reach out, please share the show, subscribe for more stuff like this. And we'll catch you guys in the next one.